0: One of the many results of creating an environment that thrives with emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence is you have a workplace that uh, creates less ego-induced drama. And so when you're talking about drama, you can have drama and emotion, but it won't be coming from the ego as much. And that's the difference. And that's where you feel more connected and you it, you create a workplace that has highly engaged employees that want to show up and do the work. And so, yeah, one of the skills in SQ is being a calm and healing presence.
1: Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Cartevera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business and grow your life. We're also excited to be now a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Today we have Amy Lynn Durham with us and the title is Creating Magic at Work, elevating your leadership by growing your spiritual intelligence. Amy is the CEO of an organization called Create Magic at Work, and she's certified as an executive coach, as well as in the 21 skills of spiritual intelligence. We're gonna talk today about what is spiritual intelligence or SQ? how it relates to emotional intelligence. In fact, as Amy says, that emotional intelligence is the gateway to spiritual intelligence, what it involves to practice and lead with more spiritual intelligence. And more importantly, the key outcomes we get in our businesses when we create that magic at work and we create a culture that is about living and communicating and working together with emotional intelligence and at this higher realm of spiritual intelligence. What's really exciting about this conversation is Amy's going to share that three of the gifts of practicing spiritual intelligence in our leadership and our organizations are innovation, productivity, and profitability. So this is not just about living and leading from our higher self, but creating more impact in our organization and beyond. Welcome to the We are so excited to be back here today with a conversation about magic. Now you're probably <laughs> saying, come on, we're talking about business and leadership. Exactly. Because we've got the right person here today. We've got Amy Lynn Durham with us. She is the CEO of an organization called Create Magic at Work. She's a UC Berkeley certified executive coach. She's also certified to coach in 21 skills associated with spiritual intelligence, SQ. SQ. I think we've had one or two guests talk about this before, but many of you are saying, What are you talking about? Spiritual intelligence, magic. (laughs) This is all about culture. Amy has spent years in the corporate world managing hundreds of employees for all different types of companies. And she created Create Magic at Work with the intention to offer spiritual um, intelligence, SQ and EQ tools to energize and transform workplace. She not only believes in creating positive company. Cultures, but this is what she does in her for her passion and her work. And she's here today to share with us some of the messages about how we can lead differently, build cultures differently, and create magic at work. So, welcome, Amy.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to be here.
2: Yeah, great to have you. So, as as I asked earlier, maybe before Jeff was here, what? How do you define magic?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if we're talking about the workplace, we're talking about that intangible thing that you can't see, but that everyone can feel. And for me, what I like to share is that magic piece where you can see the humanity within each other.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so it sounds, I hear this thing about feeling. Um, I want to make sure, give everybody a little bit of the backstory so they get a foundation for who they're listening to today.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. So I'm a I'm a former corporate executive that. Um, I, I hate saying this, but I I am kind of a burnout statistic, and I was really feeling that my creativity was was stifled uh, in the workplace where I was. And so I I made a plan to leave my job for a year. Hmm. And at the time I, in my plan, it was more about how did I want to leave my team feeling? And I wanted to leave them in a better place than when, than when I found them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go off afterwards and sort of re-inject myself back into the workplace with all of these Human connecting activities. Because what I did in that final year of my position was I did all these activities with my team and with my employees. So I field tested them to prove that collaboration and seeing the humanity in each other with these, what some would call woo woo activities, (laughs) actually improves productivity and profitability. Nice. And I wanted to make sure that when I left, it wasn't this is probably this is my ego here, but I wanted to make sure that when I left, no one could say, oh, you know, she couldn't hack it. She couldn't hang. I wanted to leave on top. I wanted to mic drop it. And I wanted to prove that this this healthy way to ignite authentic human connection was actually a win win for business. Hmm. And so I, I really I really worked hard to do that. And then I took all the activities that I did with my employees, and really what they were, were they were skill building in EQ, Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, and SQ, spiritual intelligence. And I put them in my book, and I called it Create Magic at Work.
1: Oh, there you go. So so Amy, (laughs) share with everybody a little bit about what is SQ. And Mm -hmm. actually, what is SQ? What's EQ to you? And compare and contrast them.
0: Yeah. So EQ, emotional intelligence is the gateway to SQ as far as, as, and that's a debatable (laughs) statement by the way, but it's the easiest way to explain it to leaders in the workplace and EQ and the adult development theory is that time when you can start exercising compassion for others and having self-awareness of your emotions. Usually when you're around your early to mid 20s, that's when your brain starts being able to function in that way. And then once you have practiced the skills of EQ, I'm having some self-awareness of my emotions. I have an emotional management strategy. um, I can build connections. I can reframe situations. Hmm. Then you can go into SQ. SQ is spiritual intelligence and there's a few definitions of sq out there but one I'll offer a couple so one is the ability to make wise and compassionate decisions while maintaining inner and outer peace regardless of the situation you're in um even under great stress and that's that definition is from Cindy Wigglesworth who designed the 21 skills of sq and then there's a Philosopher and a physicist. Her her name is Dana Zohar, and she's done a ton of work in the spiritual intelligence space. And I like one thing she says is it's just like, hey, it's your ability to put your day-to-day concerns aside and operate from a big picture view. Hmm. It's faith neutral. You can be agnostic, you can be atheist. As long as you believe there's a place within you that comes from wisdom and compassion. And love, you can work on the twenty one skills of sq
1: so it's an interesting phrase, a descriptor spiritual, yeah, because my guess is that itself causes challenges in the business world <laughs> because it it's not not saying it's separate from, but it's so easy to say, "Oh, here's a bucket, this is about spirituality, and now i'm going to lay on you used the word "woo woo" earlier. <laughs> So I take it's really not in that. I mean, there's some alignment, but they're not. It's not about spirituality, or is it?
3: It is, and it's it's
0: whatever. It's not religion, so it's it's faith neutral. So it's about really whatever that means to you. So. When I say that place within you that comes from wisdom, compassion, love, you can call it your higher self. And then that NSQ, that's when we get into practicing or, well, first you have to create the awareness, but creating the awareness between your ego and your higher self and which one's in the driver's seat. And then you go into practicing, seeking guidance from your higher self more often, and trying to operate from that space as a leader. If someone follows a specific religion, maybe they practice seeking guidance from that divine source, whatever that is. So it's whatever that means for you. And I was just telling Craig before we started, you can, you can Google, there's a ton of intelligences that are coming out. Oh, there's this music and tell all this stuff, right? There is some research from some scientists that have been done that show three um, different intelligences, intelligences that match the neural processing of the brain. IQ, EQ, and SQ. And another way you can think of SQ if, you, if you're really averse to talking about spirituality as a word is it's that place where you're with the ebb and flow of life. It's that creative zone you get in when you're really everybody. Hopefully everybody's been there because it's a beautiful place to be. But when you're working on a passion and you lose time.
3: Mm, You could say that.
0: Exactly. You could say that's the part where you're accessing the spiritual intelligence part of your brain.
2: It seems to me like this would, well, let me ask you, does this also connect to the self-actualization side of Maslow's hierarchy of needs?
0: Yes, and arguably no. Okay. (laughs) We're going to live in polarities here when I'm answering things. Um, And actually, we compare Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, to that, like if you can picture Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid, but replace it with these intelligences. Um, if this helps you frame it a little bit better, you can put the bottom layer as PQ physical intelligence, okay. and then the next layer IQ, mm-hmm. next layer EQ, top of the pyramid SQ. Gotcha. And you can live in that pyramid almost every day. So I like to use the example: How can you how can you operate? from this place of wisdom and compassion and access your higher self and make all these great decisions and be positive and in flow. If that bottom of the pyramid isn't there, the PQ. And just like I said, daily example, let's say you didn't sleep last night. Um, Let's say you're not eating right. Like easy stuff. It doesn't have to be you went out and did what tough (laughs) mutter. And I'm like, what are those things that the guy that everyone does? Um, But just (laughs) the simple taking care of yourself. It's a lot harder to access the top of that pyramid, which is SQ. If you're not building those foundations. So so there's one way to to think of it.
1: Okay. Well, Amy, you said a moment ago, you referred to EQ as the gateway to SQ. Yeah. And a lot of ways I could interpret that, but it seems to me that I've got to get pretty. I've got to get in a good place with my EQ, whether whatever we're going to describe it. Before do I have to get EQ before I get SQ? Is that what you mean by gateway?
0: Yes that that is one one way that that we educate ourselves. Yeah, I don't I don't like to talk in absolutes, but yes, because if you aren't even practicing self-awareness of your emotions. And you don't have to even know what EQ is. I mean, let's just say you're a person that is really great at this. You don't have to know all these definitions and all these quadrants, right? Um, but let's say you get an email at work from somebody that appears to be really rude and it triggers you um, rather than reacting right away in a fight, flight or freeze mode because your amygdala is triggered, right? Put you in protection mode. You, you take a breath and you try to see the other person's side and you build a connection or you give them a phone call. Hey, I, I want to make sure I read this right. And maybe they're having a rough day and you come from a place of wanting to help them. That's all practicing EQ. SQ is where, okay, so One of the tools with SQ is I offer an SQ experience and it comes with an SQ assessment. And it assesses you at what level you're at on the 21 skills of SQ. Every high level leader that reaches out to me that wants to do this. One has this feeling inside that there's something more within them that they want to bring forward. Mm. But of course, in the systems that we work in, it's been shut down. And they wanna talk about that with someone in a safe space. And that's a great place for, that, that's the space I offer with SQ is to be able to talk about that. They always wanna dive into quadrant four, which is really cool because one of the skills is making wise and compassionate decisions. They're always really curious about the score they receive in that area. That's one example. Um,
2: So they want to bring more humanity to to business.
0: Yeah. How do I make, you know, oftentimes it's, how do I make wise and compassionate decisions for myself Mm -hmm. as a leader? I feel burnt out. I feel overworked. I've become the, in, in the vein of wanting to be a really good leader. I've become the person everyone calls and vents to. I've lost my boundaries. Hmm. And oftentimes they leave with a framework for themselves on setting boundaries at work to get, to get their life back. And of course, other times it's making wise and compassionate decisions for others, you know, that, that that might get on your nerves (laughs) or, you know, how do I, (sighs) okay, just like me, this person is trying to experience joy in life. Just like me, this person is trying to avoid pain. Let me make my leadership decisions from a big picture view Mm -hmm. and understand the ripple effect that I send.
2: It's actually a really good question. I really like that.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's one of the skills in, in SQ as well that is one of my favorites. It's your, what is your breadth of time perception?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And can you live and operate in the paradox of knowing that your life is extremely important and also a tiny piece of the history of the universe?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And can you make leadership decisions from that space?
1: Well, I I really want to jump into paradox, but I want to make sure I follow up on something you just said, Amy. You're talking about um, early on. You said something about seeing the humanity in each other, Mm -hmm. which certainly means seeing it in others. But I would presume in that has means seeing the humanity in me as well. Yeah. So I've got to be able to see the humanity in myself. I would believe Mm -hmm. in order to see and offer that feeling to others? Yeah. Or can I fake, in other words, can I can I give what I'm not willing to give others what I'm willing to not give? Can I give to others what I'm not willing to give myself?
0: No, that's a really good question that no one has asked me yet. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Jeff's forte. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we're kind of on this thread of, Like we talked about, the making wise and compassionate decisions for yourself, having healthy boundaries. And also, a lot of that has been shut down in the workplace. And I thought, okay, so I was reading some research where I talked about this before, where these scientists were tying the three intelligences to the three different sort of neural processes of the brain. And I thought, no wonder. Because the three different intelligences were IQ, EQ, and SQ. IQ was the whole was all the systems we work in, the thinking, the math, the A plus B gets me to C. This is my goal. We have to hit it. Nothing else. Um, the EQ part was described as, oh, it's kind of the place where, where where you get to be at home and sort of kick your feet up. And kind of feel who you are a little bit more, but you still have the thinking there. And then the SQ part was that creativity space, what we were talking about, being in flow. So when I was, think, was reading that, I thought, no wonder why people don't feel like they can be their authentic selves at work. Because we're only operating in most spaces at one third of the level we could be and that's in the IQ space. And no wonder why you're asking me why people can't recognize the humanity within themselves (laughs) because the majority of the hours of the day, they're only operating as one-third of themselves and they're not accessing maybe their EQ and their SQ. And that takes practice. And it's, it's a daily practice, it's a lifelong practice, And we're all going to screw up and we're all going to make mistakes. And then we have to exercise radical self-forgiveness. And I always say, recognize, repair, recover. So we don't beat ourselves up when we're doing this kind of work.
2: What is the biggest block that you see most people come to you with? So is it, is it that they don't treat themselves well, or they don't treat other people well? Is it that, you know, what, what are the, the biggest blocks that you see?
0: Yeah. (laughs) The most, I don't think there is a common one. The really what I, the clients that are attracted to me are seeking something more and they're on a path and they want to be recognized. So oftentimes strengths come out of our conversations that they felt were bubbling under the surface, but they couldn't name them. Hmm. Um, So for example, I had one client that was like off the charts on being able to operate from their higher self. They just scored at a really high level. And I was like, Hey, did you know this? Did you know that you're scoring really high at being able to operate from this space and have your ego actually just be in service to your higher self? Hmm. This is like, this is a magic (laughs) gift. (laughs) Right. And you can and, and, he, and they said, oh, my gosh, no wonder when I was a kid in school. The teacher always would sit the bad kid next to me <laughs> because because she said he behaved better when he sat next to me. Interesting. And I, I just was like, that is amazing because we all have these innate gifts. And then, of course, if we you know score a little bit lower, we can work on skill building. Um, but recognition of that as a leader, because whatever energetic space you're operating in, it ripples out ten times over to your team. So imagine if you're coming from a place of anger, fear, that's gonna ripple out ten times over to your team, and they're gonna go out and behave that way out, 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 right? But if you're operating from your higher self more often, your team well and what does that do as a leader for you well it creates more trust with your team you're going to trust the decisions that they're making more on pro- whatever project or you know whatever they're working on out in the field and because you're going to know they're going to be operating from their higher selves more because you are it's rippling out it's going to free you up as a leader to do your actual job rather than taking phone calls or answering questions. Right. And it's going to create innovation and inspiration throughout. And that's the SQ intelligence piece, that creativity, that flow, that's where innovation and inspiration comes in -hmm. the workplace and where people can feel like they can be more of their authentic selves and not where these different masks we feel we have to put on <laughs> in different spaces.
3: Jeff wrote a
2: book on masks. Yes, You did? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I
0: Unmasked. knew that, I'm, I'm psychic, that was my intuition.
1: <laughs> uh, Amy, I want, I'm glad you said what you said earlier, because, you know, Craig and I have talked about it, we talk about this on the podcast a lot, leaders so often, are looking for this external, like this external tool. Mm -hmm. Give me a tool. give Give me a tip. Give me a skill. And what you're saying is what we've talked about on so many levels, the change happens when I work on myself, when I evolve, when I create, when I get into my higher self, and we're going to talk more about the path to that. And when you said, you know, can I, when I asked that question, can I see the humanity in others when I don't see it in myself? To me, that's a reminder of I got to do my work on me in order to create this magic experience for others. And can you say more about how important it is for people to start with themselves in this? Yeah. In order to create the outcomes they say they want.
0: It's 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 so important. And it's it's hard work. And it's deep inner work. But the rewards are amazing when you do it. And I I just go back to that. That's an actual like data point that's out there that whatever your energy is, it ripples out 10 times over to your team. So I've seen leaders, like you said, they're looking for the tool. Oh, I need my company culture fixed. Can you come in and like, fix all these people because you know, I don't need to attend this training. I don't need to to do your little workshop. But go do it with my employees and fix them, because because they're they're the ones that are wrong.
3: Yeah, our, our employees are broken, <laughs> not us.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and that's that's tough to get through to someone like that. That's not really right. my job. Um, You know, people that want to do the work and that are attracted to this are who come forward to do it. But at the same time, I also wrote Create Magic at Work. It's tiny. It's like 65 pages. (laughs) It has these little field tested activities that I put in there to connect each other as a starting point. And I wrote it. I say this. I wrote it for like the beer drinking golf guy that I would work with that was really great. And he had a great heart and he just didn't know where to start. And so I also like to say, hey, you don't have to to do this deep dive into SQ. Just start with a connecting activity with your team that maybe lasts 10 minutes and see what happens. Grab this little pamphlet and flip through it and use it as a jumping off point to start connecting with each other and be courageous about it and vulnerable about it as a leader. And I think it goes back to what I was saying where We've been so compartmentalized, especially men in the workplace, um, not having a a safe space at time to show emotion or to show connection in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just want to stress that, yeah, it is the deep inner work. Yes, whatever energy you're portraying as a leader ripples out 10 times to your teams. And you, you do have to look in the mirror and do the work. But also, if that sounds so overwhelming to you, just start with have everyone share what they're grateful for the first five minutes of your meeting,
1: <laughs> <I guess laughs> and so. see
0: and go from there. You know.
1: So one thing I want <clears throat> to drill down a little deeper, Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Craig asked this question a little differently earlier about what are the obstacles. So I'm curious if you're talking to leaders. Certainly, there's got to be some level of openness here. But you've said repeatedly that the energy I put out is multiplied by 10 times and it ripples. And as I hear that, I would suspect this, Mm -hmm. that most leaders, including men, would be pretty open to acknowledging that their energy ripples. Like that's not a crazy thought, I would think, to many. Mm -hmm. oh, that makes sense. If I'm angry, people are going to experience it. Yep, I get that. They might question the 10 times and say, Mm -hmm. is it really 10 times? Where'd that come from? The IQ would kick in. There's all sorts of things they could look at. Are you typically finding that leaders are saying, I don't believe I'm having that effect? Or are they saying, I'm not that? In other words, I'm not angry. Because if I don't believe I'm angry, then I can't buy in that I'm creating angry energy. Not because I don't believe the impact, but because I'm not angry. (laughs) Well, I could, I
0: could, I I'm thinking of the scales of motivation. I don't know if you've heard of that when uh, you're asking me that question and just to give you a candid answer. I don't really, I mean, I'm an SQ coach, so I don't attract many clients that are in denial in that way because they because <laughs> and the, so because they want to do the inner work they're yeah. curious they're like hey i'm looking for something for more i feel like i i can be a wise and effective change agent and i want to deep dive into how i can do that um so i don't have much experience with those that are in denial in that way but i think the way that you're describing that I think it would be clear to whoever was viewing it. Okay, you might not be angry, but you might be apathetic. Or you might be operating from a space of fear rather than generosity or things like that. And how can we take a look at that? And what can we do to shift? So you're operating from from that higher space. Um, There's an actual, I can't get into it but there's an actual it's called the scales of motivation and it's an actual tool that you can look at that will show you mathematically if you need that iq part of your brain (laughs) to work um what energetic level you're operating at and how you can bring others to that space Hmm. and also if you're operating at a I don't want to call it a lower energy, but yeah, it's like under the zero baseline, there's like fear, apathy, anger, all of those things. It shows mathematically how others around you, if you're with a partner or with coworkers that are like that, how you can bring each other down in that space or bring each other up in that space.
2: Does this have anything to do with energy leadership index, the ELI?
0: I have not heard of that. Um, This is Ian Marshall, The Scales of Motivation. And it's in uh, Dana Zohar's book, The Quantum Leader.
2: Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. If you enjoy the Leadership Junkies podcast and you want to grow your leadership, we have a new course for you called Become a Confident Leader. In this course, we will share some of the keys to becoming more confident in your leadership and also to become more impactful. Go to Cartavera.com slash confident to find out more. See you on the inside.
1: Welcome back. Oh, well, Amy, I want to go back to something you said very much at the beginning, but bring it forward to a different question.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You talked about magic at work mm-hmm. being a feeling that people have, and I, maybe I heard this or sensed it, a feeling about their experience at work. Because mm-hmm. of what their experience is at work, they have a certain feeling. It's obviously uh i hate i, I yeah, you're talking about <laughs> the polars I, I hate positive and negative, but let's call it positive, healthy all those things um, We have seen a fundamental shift in the workforce in the last year and a half, and especially the last six months it, some would some call it the great resignation mhm-. You've got a fundamental shift in how people look at work. Is this, what's, are you seeing that what's happening in the workforce is really a call for SQ leadership?
0: hundred hmm. percent. Yeah. People are not feeling like they can be their full thriving selves in these spaces that they've been in. And I think that it's showing itself in this great resignation. Now, I don't think that the way (laughs) some are leaving their jobs is the maybe the appropriate way that that they should as far as treating each other humanely one way or the other. But, you know, companies are the ones that are in the positions of power. So they have to hold that responsibility a little bit more. But if you want to start talking about company culture, I mean... Who do you want to work for? A leader that has really done some great work in SQ and is operating from that space, or someone that's still only operating from that one-third IQ space? They just want to talk about profit and loss statements all day and have you run Excel spreadsheets all day and
2: and leave your humanity at home exactly.
0: <laughs> and then you're you're split, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, a leader that does that, that's the way in that quantum leadership book, Dana Zohar says that's Newtonian leadership. Those those are the systems we've been in for a long time. So that's all they know. That's all they know on how to be a leader. And the cool thing about, you know, you allowing me to be on this podcast is to understand there's more ways Mm -hmm. that you can be a leader than just that. And if you explore these ways, people might line up to work for you (laughs) over this person that might just be operating from one third of the space they could be.
2: And isn't that the one of the biggest goals that we have if if we're really trying to become a great leader, we want to be that kind of person that other people want to follow. We want to be able to build them up, grow them, help them to achieve what they want to in life. And just by I guess osmosis, we we come along for the ride and get a lot of our our needs met as well.
0: Yeah. And I really feel for leaders right now. Um I've had a lot of discussion about middle management and whether it's going heading towards extinction. Um th- these taskmaster type roles. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that I used to be a middle manager and it was a really tough job. I had to wear so many hats. I was therapist, accountant, recruiter, um, you know, fire, like all of these different, all of, you know, I had to hit sales goals, all of these different things. And what we should be trying to do is transitioning these roles to coach, especially with the way that technology is moving so fast. And then when we, when we come from that space of curiosity, connecting all of those things with each other, that's where we can start getting more innovation and and inspiration in the workplace and stay ahead of the curve.
2: So how do you see the the use of SQ Mm -hmm. in a remote environment? So it seems like you would want to be connected with people, but tell me how that works.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I can. Do you want me to just share some activity examples with you that a leader could do? I think that might be helpful for the listeners. I have, um, so virtual space, you can journal together. And before you shut me down on that, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have a, a section in my book called Journaling with a Twist. And I would gather everyone together and we would have prompt questions designed for the for work or career. And we would time rapid write for five to 10 minutes, your answers to these questions and don't overthink it. And then we're going to all share our answers with each other. And right away that opens up this, you hear someone else's answers and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was his dream or I didn't know he was going through that. Mm. And you just, it just brings this connection to the group. This is just one example that um, you didn't have before. And it helps you get to know each other in a way that you wouldn't normally have gotten to know each other. I created a journal prompt card deck for the workplace and for career with create magic at work. And, um, each card has an affirmation and then two questions that we can, do you want to pull a card for your audience or I don't
3: know? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah? yeah.
0: Okay. So this is a deck of 33 cards. Here's the magic. So this is for the listeners and for us right now, like a message for our work or for our career, something that you need to hear no matter when you listen to this. I kept saying this word the whole time. So we got innovation (laughs) synchronicity here. So the affirmation is I honor imaginative ideas by writing them down.
3: Hmm.
0: Capture those that are floating in the air. You know, have you heard of, uh, there's a lot of talk about that big magic, that book, big magic. They always say that the universe launches these innovative ideas and it's sort of floating around in the ethers. And like you, grab it and pull it down. So that's oh, why yeah, I wrote <laughs> the woman
1: that wrote, eat, pray, love. Yeah. She oh, Elizabeth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert.
1: yeah. Elizabeth, yeah Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, so yeah.
0: that that's one of the reasons why I wrote this affirmation. I honor imaginative ideas by writing them down. So you captured it for yourself. <laughs> and then the questions that you would journal on if you were doing this with your team, here's, you know, what ideas can I share that will render real world results? And what ideas for progress have I been overlooking?
3: Hmm.
0: And you just take some time to jot that down. And so those are that's one example of an activity you can do virtually that'll connect everybody and sort of skill build on your SQ. Cause ultimately, what this is doing is this is practicing and and helping others exercise and accessing their higher self
3: hmm.
0: and putting their ego aside. So these are all skill building activities. In Okay, let's take a breath and let's try to operate from our higher self here and seek guidance from our higher self.
2: Now, how much I mean, it seems like there must be some level of trust in a group like that to be able to share some of the responses that come out of that. Um, Is this for people that are just getting started or a little bit farther along or.
0: Yes, and no. (laughs) (laughs) So. I say whatever answers they want to share, let oh, them okay. share. Sometimes it's super simple. I had, um, I have an intention setting exercise I would do with my team. We would go around, we, we had a grueling quarterly business review one time. And, uh, when we finished, we, I gave each of them a piece of tissue paper that when you light it on fire, it flies up in the air. Oh, we yeah. did this exercise, um, and I, I just said, this is in my book too, you know, put, put something down. You want to let go of in your life. Mm. I, I don't care what it is. And we had one person said, I want to let go of my favorite football team losing last weekend. And he, and you know, he lit it on fire. We laughed. So it doesn't have to be super deep either. It can be funny. And that can be a stress reliever, too. In that same exact exercise. One of the team members said he wanted to forgive his parents. Wow. In front of all of us. And, yeah, we were a close team because, of course, I had been working on these exercises with them for a while. Uh, But that was very powerful. But in that same space, both of those. um, Both of those things happened and it was perfectly fine. So it's like, whatever is meant to happen is supposed to happen. And we're open to outcome, not attached to it.
2: So how do your team members feel about going through these types of exercises?
0: Well, this was back when I was doing this in the corporate space with my employees. Now I do it individually with clients Mm -hmm. or in workshops with people. Um, And I had a lot of men on my team that did not have an opportunity throughout their lives to do things like this oh. and so of course there's initial laughter which is sort of protecting their their ego like oh you're you know amy the the mystic mama having us do <laughs> this exercise again <laughs> um but the profound uh the tears you would see in, in their eyes, the the connection that, that would come from that was uh, irreplaceable mm-hmm. and they knew it.
1: So good. Yeah. So Amy, I've been listening and writing down a lot of words you said. And <laughs> oh, you no. said earlier <laughs> that leaders are typically attracted to this. You don't usually, you don't deal with the leaders who have all this resistance because they're coming to you. They're They're drawn to you and you're talking about SQ, and you've said repeatedly the idea of your higher self as, a, as an umbrella, but I've mm-hmm. heard um, human connection.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've heard compassion, um, emotions, empathy, vulnerability, mm-hmm. curiosity. And I'm hearing that though, I'm not trying to put it all in a simple statement, but those are the, the themes are, that are the essence of SQ. So I think for someone who's hearing this may say, "What is spiritual intelligence and in sq?" That feels woo-woo, but it comes back to basic human needs and human connections, and it seems like the whole objective here, if i if I'm going to choose to simplify it, is mm-hmm. to humanize organization and humanize cultures. Is mm-hmm. that a key element here?
0: That is the main objective. Mm-hmm. If if you ask me. And the best part about it is the byproduct of it is more innovation, more productivity, and more profitability. Um how do people not get this? <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> because they're only functioning out of the IQ. Exactly. Side. Exactly. It's a it's it's yeah. a scary, it's a scary Thing, if you're a leader to ch- maybe try something like this that you've never tried before? Well, I think if, it d-
2: does it come down to people have not experienced something like this before? So that's where this, the fear comes from? Because I've been involved in several different organizations, groups that, you know, will have these kind of discussions and it is freeing. It does allow us to connect better and to flow better between our jobs. Mm-hmm. But then there are those those other kinds of structures that don't really foster that. They're like, "What are you talking about? Your emotions, <laughs> you know?" And so,
0: yeah, like we got to get to work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's fear, or it's like this. I have never been taught or understood that this is a space I could do this in.
3: Yeah,
0: it's a, it's that feeling of okay, we did this journal thing, but like, we got to get back to work now, you know? And if we could somehow, and I felt that way when I was doing this stuff in the corporate space, you know, I still had to answer to deadlines and projects and things like that. And I really felt like I was squeezing this in when I could, that's why I left to like, inject myself in with all of Uh, this stuff. And hopefully with, hopefully you can be, You cannot be a selectively data-driven executive because I've seen it throughout my entire career. The selectively data-driven executive only looks at the data they're comfortable with
3: Mm. and that
0: they know how to work and they won't look at the rest. And if you can not be a selectively data-driven executive and look at all of this and and be courageous about maybe taking a small step and trying something like this, it's going to pay you back
1: tenfold, if not more. Well, and I suspect at some level, to Craig's point and question about people haven't experienced this in the past. So if you're a lot of leaders, this is brand new. They have not been led this way. They've not seen it in many cases. And in some cases, the way they're remembering their experience, it's actually been detrimental. Hmm. Because if you go to a leader and ask a question this way, What's been your experience with emotions in the workplace? <laughs> They're probably going to just likely to describe it as a distraction that's something that gets in the way.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if in that narrow definition of it, it you know, we've all experienced that. Or that it creates and, problems. Pardon? Or that it creates problems. Well, I think that what I'm getting at is if someone gets, you know it's been labeled as drama. Emotion yeah. in the workplace has been labeled as drama. And most people would say, do you want more drama at work? No. Therefore we don't want more emotions, but that's an old story about what emotions are. Mm-hmm. And I believe part of that is that these emotions have boiled up in unhealthy ways. Yeah. And part of it is it wasn't a safe place. So when they did came up, it was instant judgment. You're, you're, you're a bad employee and there's this old old story almost an ancient story it feels like so ancient that we have to overcome to lead this different way
0: <laughs> yeah one of the one of the many results of creating an environment that thrives with emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence is you have a workplace that um creates less ego-induced drama. And so when you're talking about drama, you can have drama, but an emotion, but it won't be coming from the ego as much. And that's the difference. And that's where you feel more connected. And you it, you create a workplace that has highly engaged employees that wanna show up and do the work. And so, yeah, one of the skills in SQ is being a calm and healing presence.
3: Hmm.
0: And when you start operating from a space where you're a higher skill level of that, I laugh because I'm not really there myself yet. (laughs) Um, People don't come to you with gossip anymore. It's back Hmm. to that energy that you're projecting they don't come to you with ego induced drama anymore. It just sort of falls by the wayside. And if you keep working on yourself and operating from that place, you can also find that anger dissipates in your presence
2: with Sounds someone like law else. Of attraction. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it reminds me of, uh, Tom Peters is one of my old, um, I guess role models for for leadership and in one of his books he was talking about somebody who said, you know, I just want a place where I can go and if I break out into Oklahoma four more people are going to join me we're going to have a five-part harmony. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a pretty interesting place to work, right? You know, <laughs> where people are coming alongside you to support what you're what you're up to even if it's outlandish.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So, emotion isn't bad. And we just have to recognize where it's coming from. Is this coming from gossip, fear, anger, or are we connecting? And are we talking about things that need to be addressed and not shoving them down and then addressing them in a way that's what. So all over LinkedIn, a lot of people put in their title that they're a change agent. (laughs) And they also put in their titles that they're a servant leader. And it's a, it's the, I, it's the new corporate kind of buzzwords, right? I'm a servant leader and I'm a change agent. And that's great. I think their intention with wanting to do that hopefully is positive and healthy. However, what does that mean to you? I'm really curious when, and I want to, I want to keep the conversation going as far as what does that mean when you put that you're a change agent in your title, what does that mean to you? And, um, and to, to this point of drama in the workplace, a wise and effective change agent is someone that can create win-win solutions for everybody and not rush to a quick fix. There's one example.
2: Well, we had a a guest on the podcast and they they wrote a book on servant leadership. And he said basically, you know, 90% of people say that they are servant leaders, but only 10% really are. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when you say you are, you're really kind of saying you're not because you have to say it. It's Mm -hmm. like if somebody, if you, if you talk about yourself in a certain way versus somebody else talking about you, right?
0: Right. Yes. And So being a wise and effective change agent is is a, is a high level, is a higher skill in SQ and you can, you can take the assessment and show what, what you score level wise on that. But I also, you know, I want to point out that I have clients that end up scoring level four and level five, which is five is the highest on being a wise and effective change agent at this particular time in their life. And they had no idea they were exhibiting Mm -hmm. these amazing qualities. So at the same time, I want to point out their strength. Like, oh, my gosh, did you know you have this amazing ability to be what these thousands of people on LinkedIn are saying they are? (laughs) And you can actually go out and really work this skill and make some really significant changes in businesses and and with people. And um, I really want to highlight that, too. Hmm.
1: So, it sounds like, Amy, in that description, one thing you're doing with the individuals you work with is, number one, you're helping them uncover these skills that they didn't know they had. Absolutely. So, now they have some awareness of the skill. I would assume a next part of your work is whatever they need to start actually embracing them and really fully modeling and living them.
0: Yeah, activities. What's next? What feels right for you? What what can you go out? What are some micro, We talked about micro steps. Micro steps you can take to move forward in that. So that's where the that's why this is so great for the workplace because it's practical, it's tangible. You can ground down into working on these skills, and it's like, okay, well, here's where I come in. You've got to take some action here. <laughs> yeah. And meditation is great to keep you grounded and in that higher self zone, but you also have to make a plan here and maybe maybe do something in in your human form on the planet to send yeah. that ripple effect <laughs> so,
1: so, Amy, so. As, as we get near time here i want to <laughs> come back to something we talked about earlier and this could probably be a whole show but let's talk for a few minutes about paradox you talked about paradox and i love the concept of paradox and what i've often said is that unless and until i'm willing to embrace the truth of paradox, I'm going to be stuck because there's there's a paradox in almost everything, and it's easy. My resistance comes up and says yes or no, either or. But talk about what is what does paradox mean and how vital is it for people to really move into their SQ?
0: So there's a skill in SQ called complexity of thought and perspective taking, and you skill build. In polarity management is one of the activities you can do for it. And it's being able to hold opposing views in the same space. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And then have win-win solutions come from that, which that ties back to the change agent, right? Um to simplify it for some. And I'm still like really deep diving into this whole polarity management concept. Dr. Barry Johnson is is a wrote a book on polarities and polarity management. Uh often what my clients (laughs) lately, I don't want to, you know, classify everybody, but we we do a simple one, which is balancing doing and being. Just to give you like a a, that polarity management. Um, Most leaders I find are, and this is what leads to Possible, possibly feeling burnt out. They're in that doing space quite a bit Mm -hmm. because they've really reaped some great benefits and trained themselves um, to understand that. Well, if I'm doing, 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 I get some sort of result. But let's talk about what the negatives are of you doing all the time and not being balanced with being. Yeah, and so you can do a polarity map where you have your positives of doing your positives of being, your negatives of being all the time, your negatives of doing all the time. And then how can you stay up in that top space of the positives? Because if you get down in the bottom, they call it the insanity loop.
1: Well, thank you for that. I mean, this is such an interesting conversation, Amy. And as you pointed out, when we talked about the great resignation and, and the fundamental shift that's happened in the workplace, I think now more than ever, in our generations, and there's multiple generations even on this call, the time is now for a fundamentally different, deeper way of leading, and as you say, creating magic at work. So thank you for being doing this work, for what you brought today. We always want to make sure our guests have an opportunity to highlight or promote something going on for your, your business. What is that today? <laughs>
0: That's cool. Thank you. So I'm launching this SQ experience in 2022. It's going to be a three-month one-on-one uh, program with me. So if you're interested in we I'm just mentioning it because we talked about, okay, if you're ready to take a look in the mirror and actually do the deep inner work, reach out to me. I'm available on LinkedIn and um, obviously create magic And if you want to get a slot for the SQ experience, if you're ready. I'd love to work with you you if you're interested. Anybody listening? Yeah.
1: Fantastic. So we'll share that in the notes as well, including, as you said, LinkedIn and your website. We always wrap up with a couple questions. And my questions for you, Amy, are first, you've shared a lot today, Mm -hmm. but give our listeners a closing nugget of wisdom.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad we hit this because I want to close on this. We talked about servant leadership. And I ask a lot of people what servant leadership means to them. And I often get answers such as I am my team's customer service. I'm there for them. I'm there for my coworkers. I'm there for we answer to the shareholders. We make sure um, I make sure I'm there for my company. What I would challenge everyone is to take servant leadership to the next level. And move us into this quantum leadership space where we think about the effects that our businesses have on humanity, on our communities, on the planet. Back to that paradox that, yes, our life is extremely important, and it's also a tiny piece of the history of the universe. And what kind of ripple effect do you want to leave? And can you make leadership decisions? from that space. It's not just your customers, employees, and your shareholders. It's how is your decisions impacting your community, families, friends, the resources we're using, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Love that. Thank you, Amy. Um, and the final question, you mentioned several books, but I'm going to just ask, what's the one book that comes to mind that folks need to read who want to grow in this space?
0: Yeah. The 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 gateway book, <laughs> if you're if you're like, oh, I want to kind of get into the spiritual intelligence piece. I talked about quantum leadership with Dana Zohar. That's that's a deeper business book, but I really like recommending um Deepak Chopra's Seven Spiritual Laws to Success. <laughs> that's that's a good one to read. I I had a client one time that you know he worked with is it, he, he, he was Tony Robbins, all these different business motivational speakers, but it's like, okay, now try the seven spiritual laws of success and see how that hits you. Cause you're in that space where you want to get more.
1: Excellent. Well, Amy, mm. thank you again for being here <laughs> and for the wisdom you shared the ideas and for hopefully giving more people permission to lead differently and put that, get in front of that mirror and grow themselves as they grow their leadership and create magic. Yep.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really hope we sent some magic to everyone today. Thank you.
2: (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please go to your favorite podcasting app, rate us, give us some comments, share some love. It helps us to get our message out to more people. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the Leadership Junkies podcast and you want to grow your leadership, we have a new course for you called Become a Confident Leader. In this course, we will share some of the keys to becoming more confident in your leadership and also to become more impactful. Go to cardaveracom slash confident to find out more. See you on the inside.
1: Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called